This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled you've joined us today. Do me a favor. Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And that's my heart today. I am so full of joy and thanksgiving as we rapidly accelerate our focus on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as we've entered into the season of Lent, which we're going to focus a lot on in this month and in the weeks to come, the preparation of our hearts for reflection on the implications of the watershed moment of human history on our lives. Today we're going to talk about cultural identity and the purposes of God. I'm really excited about this conversation that we're going to have. But before we dive into my guests in the book for today, I do really want to say thank you for your partnership. I like to start out every program thanking our partners. It makes a huge difference, and I couldn't be here with all of this passion, all of this excitement, if it wasn't for you and your support, really teaming together is what allows this program to be possible. So thank you for your investment into Equip. Today, I pray would be a giving Friday. I know how hard we all work for our resources, and we can't just frivolously uh, invest them or spend them or use them just on anything. I do believe that the message of the gospel is the most important message of our current cultural moment, that redemption in Christ, that uh, the lordship of Jesus and our identity in him is the only thing that can heal the brokenness in our own lives interior to our own souls, as well as the brokenness in our culture. And I think many of you agree with me on that. And that's why every day I have guests with me, resources that I feature that are designed to really help you to navigate through the tough questions of culture with relevant and biblical answers. Uh, So if that's important to you, I would ask that you would consider partnering with us today. Here's what I would love to do. If I can get 10 of you to say, I would be willing to become a monthly partner. Now, today I want you to do it at any amount that fits your budget. That's $10 a month or 20 or $30 a month, which works out to a dollar a day. If you could become a monthly partner today, there's so many benefits to it. Our Zoom webinars, you get that 50% off of all Moody published items. That's huge. So many great authors and resources published there. You're a part of our Equipper Encouragement community where twice a month you get uh, curated content just for you. And there's so much more. Our partners make this program possible. And so if you have been blessed by Equip, can you prayerfully consider, you're always able to do a one-time gift, and if that's what you can do today, praise God for that. But if you can become a monthly partner, that would make 
such a huge investment into our partnership together to spread the good news of God's grace to our generation. Phone number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or go to equipradio.org. I promise to keep you posted. But if you can be one of 10 to call right now with either a one-time gift or becoming a monthly partner, that would be awesome. Dial the number 888-644-4144. You know, we live in a day and age in which any conversations about race, ethnicity, um, uh, culture uh, is uh, is viewed with hostility. For some, any conversations about race and ethnicity go too far. For others, it's not far enough. Today, I want to give you a biblical framework for having these conversations. Black History Month, which is uh, uh, February, designated in February in our country, is just a reminder to us of the fact that our country is still grappling with these things and that far too often conversations about race and ethnicity have only led to hatred, violence, divisions, alienation. And I wish I could say that that was only true outside of the church. But even within the church, there are deep fault lines of division. But how do we bridge that gap and how do we find common identity in Christ? Well, I'm always in hot pursuit of people who are thinking biblically about these topics because I think that when we don't talk about these things from a biblical perspective, we leave way too much space for secular culture to influence us. That's why I love Stephen Brian's book uh, entitled Cultural Identity and the Purposes of God. It's a biblical theology of ethnicity, nationality, and race. Steve is with me now. Hey, Steve, how are you, brother? It's great to be with you, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate you. A little bit about your bio. You're working as a professor of New Testament at TEDS at uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. You also share with me a common love for Ethiopia. My, yes, uh, always glad to talk to somebody who loves Ethiopia. I love Ethiopia. My wife is Ethiopian. Um, her family's from Ethiopia. Our oldest daughter was adopted from Ethiopia. So we uh, are very familiar with Injera, uh, with uh, the sights, sounds, and smells of Ethiopia. Ethiopian art is all throughout our house. Uh, talk about talk about Ethiopia, your time there, and how it actually helped to influence this book. Yeah, we were there for uh, about 23 and a half years altogether, uh, and uh, those were very formative, formative years. Uh, I said to someone recently that uh, uh, I wished I knew everything I learned while writing this book when I first arrived, I would have been much better at, <laughs> at teaching and preparing pastors for the, for, for work there in, in Ethiopia. But, uh, wow. uh, it was, uh, it was a, it was a steep learning curve going to, yeah. to Ethiopia. And, uh, and I, when I first got to Ethiopia, uh, I just saw Ethiopians and, uh, and it wasn't, f- it took me quite a while b- before I realized that this this dynamic of ethnic difference 
even though it wasn't necessarily visible uh, to to my eyes the way that racial difference is here in the U.S., it was just a, as much a part of, of Ethiopian society oh, as man. race is here in America. Yeah, you know, first off, uh, we can talk about Babure and uh, Sagawat and all of it if you want before we're before we're done. But <laughs> I, I'm afraid we might lose some of our audience if we do. Uh, but uh, you know, growing up in an Ethiopian environment uh since marriage and we got married early you know 26 years ago so i say growing up because it's been since i was 20 that i've been really engulfed and and really before that my wife and i uh dated for four years so it's really been Mm -hmm. just about all of my adult life um you are very mindful you're right it's not about so much race black and white but it's are you a romo are you amhara are you Tigray, you know, it's it's more about these ethnic differences, and they're very, very pronounced with the same intensity that we see race. Uh, and, and yet what you discover is that it seems like no matter where you go in the world, cultures have decided how they're going to group together and that these groupings are going to be seen as uh, distinctive and conflictual, is that kind of a uh, an honest narrative of the human dilemma? I think so. I mean, it's a very natural thing for for human beings to feel affinity toward people with whom they uh, they share some commonality, whether that's uh, that's language or you know ways of ways of doing things. You know, we just we kind of intuitively, instinctively think that that our way is the best way and that uh, we have the best ways because we're the best people. <laughs> so uh, that is very much a part of the, of the human condition, especially in our, uh, in our fallenness. And it is easy for us to, to think of, uh, of those differences in, in very negative terms. And often we, you know, we get outside of our own cultural framework and we do have a kind of negative response. We feel uncomfortable uh, and and are you know we want to reduce that discomfort and sometimes we reduce it by becoming very very critical of that uh, of that difference. Uh, what I think we don't realize is that uh, in the modern world, you know every every country almost on the face of the whole world has some kind of cultural difference uh, embedded within it. Um, there's very, very few yes. kind of monocultural yes. countries. Uh, almost the definition of a modern state is that it is, it envelops multiple peoples, uh, multiple cultural identities with uh, within it, and so it is a it's a feature of contemporary contemporary life. And in one sense, uh, I think it's important to see that this differs in an important way from what we find in the early pages of of scripture, where we find frequent reference to nations, uh, but those all tend to be kind of, you know, kind of monolithic groups of, uh, of people, or at least they appear that way, distinct and different, but from, from one another, but they're not all sort of under the same kind of polity, the same government, as it were. You know, it's really interesting, Steve. Uh, as I look at your book, I'm 
reminded of the fact that this doesn't just play out in cultures or communities. It plays out in our own living rooms uh, that many of the families that are listening to me right now are increasingly multi-ethnic, multi-racial families and some feeling wholly inadequate for that journey. How do I navigate that? Maybe you're listening to me right now and uh, you're predominantly white family and you've adopted uh, African-American kids, or maybe you're listening to me right now and you are in a multi-racial marriage, or maybe you're listening to me right now and you uh, were raised in one culture and you're having to work, live, and do ministry now and a totally different culture, or you're an ethnic minority in a predominantly white environment, and you're like, how do I navigate that? That's the why I had Steve on. That's why I want you to get a copy of this book. And I want to open up the phone lines because one of the coolest things about our program is that we get to take your calls. So if you fit any of those categories, I want you to call right now. If you're an adoptive parent that has questions about, man, how do I raise this child who comes from a different race or ethnicity, how do I properly help them to see and experience and understand these things in a way that's healthy and not toxic? Dial the number 877-548-3675. If you're in that multiracial, multi-ethnic marriage and you're wondering how do we navigate through this in a way that bears faithful witness to Jesus and you got questions about that, dial the number 877 877- Five four eight thirty six seventy five, or again, as I said, if you are a racial or ethnic minority, working and doing life and ministry and even worshiping, and um, you know, uh, in, in other places where majority culture is the dominant influence, I want you to give us a call eight seven seven five four eight thirty six seventy five. And I'll give one more final thought. And, Steve, I'd love for you to just give 30 seconds to this because we're up against the break. What do you say to people who say, I'm exhausted with this conversation. I don't even want to have it. Why keep talking about uh, culture, race, ethnicity, nationality? Well, I think uh, kind of the the basic answer I would give is that uh, – we should keep talking about it only insofar as it's important to God. Uh, if it's important to God, then it <laughs> it ought to be important to us as as God's people. Uh, and so uh, I get that you know it's an exhausting it can be an exhausting conversation, and it has uh, and in many ways in our in our cultural moment it it feels that way. But if it's important to God, we need to learn how to skillfully engage with it. We're going to take a break, but hopefully you see why this is an important conversation. What Steve does that so many books don't do is he traces the biblical narrative concerning um, ethnicity and nationality and race and helps us to be able to think about it through the lens of the biblical story. And we're going to do that when we come back. We're di- we'll dive deep into this discussion as well as taking your phone calls. The book is entitled Cultural Identity and the Purposes of God. I'm highly recommending it. Uh, Why don't you go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equippedradio.org. We'll be right back.
At Equipped, it's our goal to strengthen your faith. And we're always excited as we hear stories of people coming to faith as a result of our program. But we couldn't possibly accomplish this mission alone. That's why we're looking for equippers and people just like you who will give a monthly gift to help us keep this program on the air. Would you consider partnering with us? Become an equipper today and receive special insider benefits, such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today we're asking for 10 of you to consider becoming a monthly partner. Our average gift is a $30 gift. That's a dollar a day. So I'm just gonna ask you to consider that amount, a dollar a day. That's an investment into this ministry that really is trying our best to take on the questions and conversations that young adults are talking about and giving a biblical worldview perspective. And so conversations like this around race and ethnicity or sexuality or technology or the environment or any of these things, career, marriage, family, all of these things are things that are being talked about by the next generation. And we want to make sure we're doing it uh, in a biblically faithful way. And if that matters to you, can you join uh, Kager, who is in Wheaton, Illinois, who just said, I'll stand with Equip with a monthly partnership of a dollar a day, $30 a month. What a huge blessing. So that's one. Maybe you could be number two. Can you dial the number 888-644-4144? And if you're just tuning in or you're new to listening to us, please feel no pressure. Your listening is gift enough. But if you have been blessed and you've been encouraged by our guests and our resources, dial the number 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Steve Bryan is my guest today. His book, Cultural Identity and the Purposes of God, is a really good uh, primer and uh, deep dive into a biblical understanding of these these concepts. I, I promise, Steve, that we would work in uh, callers, so I definitely want to keep that keep that promise. And so, Marie is uh, listening to Equip in Nashville, Tennessee. Let's go to Marie's call. Hey, Marie, thank you so much for calling Equip. What's your question today? Hey, thank you as well, Pastor Brooks, for your continual um, efforts and certainly effective way of giving out great biblical items and, and conversation pieces, along with just your, your wisdom and skills, get I, I truly admire. Thank you. So what's your question? So my question is this. Um, I'm, um, I'm actually a native of Detroit, Michigan, for, for starters. Uh, oh, that's I, I awesome. your church years, years ago. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to the Evangel Ministry. So I'm oh, that's awesome. Your family and your amazing mother. Oh, my word. This is great. <laughs> you come from great spots. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I've, yeah, I'm currently living in Nashville, have been living in Nashville about 20 years, and I'm now doing foster care. And mm. I'm an African-American woman, and I have foster care uh, different races. This particular time yes. now I have uh, a Caucasian young man, and I say this question is, is 
several folders, layers to it, because while I'm in Nashville, this young man is coming from Pulaski, which okay. is less than an hour and a half away from Nashville, but the culture in itself is a little bit slower with modernization, or shall I say progression, as it relates to racial um, mm-hmm. equality and such. Um, the history behind Pulaski serves richly is exactly where the Ku Klux Klan have begun their work. So there's wow. history with wow. that entire community even in itself. So I'm getting a young man with twofold. He's been cultivated in that environment. Not to say there's no progression there and there's no, there's certainly African Americans there as such, but there's still that delay and uh, the times can say this, but the the community catching up with those times and surely um, developing and, and practicing those time skills and practices are not always as current, if you will. So I just yeah. want to ask Steve on what are some of the tools he suggests on handling that with both not only the race, but also the community from which this child and key kid, he's eight years old, still and very impressionable, yes. uh, what our best tools fit. We know in the love of God, and, and I truly trust in God's will, and he does. The kids truly love me. I them love just literally has a way of getting through all those layers in itself. But for everyday tools and practices that they yet have to come through with such transition, what do you suggest? Yeah, first off, such a good question. And before Steve responds, I do want to say one of the things we're going to bless you with, uh, Marie, is uh, a copy of Steve's book, Cultural Identity and the Purposes of God. We're just going to bless you with a complimentary copy. So after he answers, you stay on the line. Our producer will get your information and send it right over to you. Steve, obviously this is a multi-layer question, as uh, our dear sister mentioned. Uh, but what would be uh, your response? Well, I think, uh, you know, we, we experience cultural difference in so many different ways. You know, it's all obviously a feature of, of, of every country. Uh, it's a feature of, of many uh, interactions, uh, and and it's it's right there in your in your living room. It's right there, you know, you know, into your uh, you know in your home, and and so that uh, that creates some uh, unique opportunities. It also creates some unique challenges, and part of the reason for that is that you know the 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 Russian writer Alexander Solzhenitsyn he once said that the line between good and evil runs right through a human heart and uh, and by extension the line between good and evil runs through every culture uh, and so uh, whenever uh, sinful people and uh, and and cultures that have some level of corruption in them whenever those different cultural differences come together that is you know, that's going to rub up against one another. Uh, so that's the, that's the negative side. You know, what, what, where are these, are these dynamics that are, you know, that, uh, that come out, uh, that arise out of this cultural difference. How do we cope with that when, uh, in the understanding, the biblical understanding that, that no culture is perfect and no culture is is uh you know is all good but yeah. somehow those cultural differences can come together and make for uh, uh a very rich experience of of mutual blessing and that i think is the biblical vision 
You know, I think, too, uh, Marie, as I listen to you, one of the things that Steve's book drives home is that there's there's really two ways for us to see these cultural differences, which often are very real, very tangible, and as he said, experienced and expressed in so many different ways every day. I think we should not see them as conflictual but complementary. So I think training yes. and trying to emphasize to this young man who may uh, undoubtedly see we're different. We're not only different by way of the hue of our skin, but maybe our cultural experiences. As much as you can, try to see help him to see that God allows different cultures of people to exist in order to complement one another and that we don't have to see these differences the way the world wants us to see them as conflicting one another or being combative. I think the other thing that Steve's book does a really good job with is helping you as you read through it, helping you understand the biblical story arc of race and ethnicity and being able to properly understand not only how it plays itself out today, but how it will play itself out into the future. What's God's ultimate intent? My final thing, and I know with a foster parenting reality, this is a little bit tough. It'd be great if your local church was a place, and I don't know where you're worshiping, where he could see that lived out. Different races of people loving one another, living in harmony. You talk about resources, that's the greatest resource. But if you have like barriers or limitations on being able to take him to church with some foster parents do, then maybe just using your living room and your dinner table as a resource. Like, man, I want to invite to my dinner table uh, people who are Hispanic, people who are Middle Eastern, Asian, so the black, white, so that he can see what it's like for us to break bread together. I think that these types of moments challenge us to make sure that our lives are diverse, that we have diverse friendships, because we'll never be more publicly diverse than we are privately. So work on that, and hopefully that's a help and a blessing to you. More of Equip right after this. to equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for you listening. And also, I'm grateful for my guest today. I'm talking to Dr. Stephen Bryan. He is professor of New Testament at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He's also the author of the book, Cultural Identity and the Purposes of God. It's a biblical theology of ethnicity, nationality, and race. And I want to encourage you to get your copy, find out ordering information, at equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. While you're there, I'm also encouraging you to make this a Giving Friday. Maybe become a monthly partner with us at a dollar a day. That's $30 a month. Man, what a blessing that would be. Or maybe you can give a one-time gift today as well uh, of any amount. Uh, Dial the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Dr. Bryan, I've been referring to your approach to this book as a biblical theology. Help us understand what is unique about the way you approach this book compared to 
maybe even other books, even Christian books on race and ethnicity and nationality? Well, what I've tried to do in this book uh, that I think maybe is a little bit different is to, to trace uh, the concept of peoplehood across the, the, the arc of the biblical story. From starting in Genesis and moving all the way to, to Revelation, what is the purpose of God for peoples? Uh, I think sometimes as, uh, you know, as evangelicals, we uh, we're very concerned about the, the relationship of the individual to God. And that's really, really uh, important. Um, but sometimes we can lose sight of the fact that uh, that uh, scripture also has a lot to say about uh, not just me as an individual, but the the group of which I'm a part, the people, the nations that, that I'm a part of. And so cultural identity, if it's important to God, ought to be also important uh, important to us. Let's talk about, uh, I, I would love for you to really help us to understand in brief the way that the world has typically approached this. It seems to me like there's two extremes to this conversation. On the one hand is expressive individualism, this kind of hyper-individualism. On the other hand is this hyper-collectivism, if you will, one that seems to see the individual but not the group, the other that seems to see the group but not the individual. Uh, talk a little bit about that and where does Scripture fall here? Well, you know, it's uh, uh, I wouldn't want to say Scripture falls somewhere in the middle, but it never lose sight of uh, of either one. And and I think great, yeah. you're right that uh, in, in many societies there is this kind of uh, – you know, and and we certainly experience it here in in the U.S., where one side is all about the the individual, and uh, and the other side is all about the group, and uh, and I think that uh, that can become a helpful uh, you know a helpful or a hurt a hurtful dynamic within uh, within in any culture, um, and sometimes we want to say, well, if we only talk about the individual, um, you know, then. Uh, then everything will be fine. You know, we just let's not think about the group, whether that's a racial group or an ethnic group. Let's only focus on the individual. Uh, but I don't think that's the answer. That that's the answer either. Uh, and sometimes when we say that, what happens then is our very human tendency. We we we're made to identify uh, as a culture as a cultural group. So. Um, it's not a bad thing in and of it, in and of itself. It's what we do with it. And so to to think about oh, where does this fit in the purposes of God? That it's not just about my individual personal that I thou vertical relationship with God, but it is also significant that we belong to a, a cultural group, and that cultural group in, interacts with other cultural groups, uh, and that is. Uh, and as part of the divine intent, what ought that in God's purpose, in God's purposes, what ought that to look like? Yeah, I love the fact that you uh, clarified that, that the Bible doesn't so much fall in the middle. I like to describe it this way as it holds both tensions together, that yes. never losing sight of the individual while certainly placing us in the context of community. And I think that it's important to know and be aware of what type of cultural environment you're being raised in because that is probably going to be your natural tendency or default, and you need to challenge that with Scripture. So 
if you're right, and I believe you are, that in the West, in the U.S. in particular, we're going to be prone to this radical individualism. We need to make sure that we're not reading I in places where we should read we in yes. the text yeah. of Scripture. That we, sh- we, you know, so often salvation can be explained by most Americans as Jesus came for me and he died for me so that I might be saved. And, uh, and that's the sum total of it all. As if God is not at work cosmically in the world, as if there's not a broader redemptive story, if it, as if uh, we're not called to be a part of a redemptive community, the local church, so on and so forth. So I love the fact that you uh, lay this out. L- let's talk about the future of race and ethnicity. You, you Okay, so you're a New Testament guy. Take us to the end of the story. Take us to Revelation. Is race, race and ethnicity something that is uh, going to be eradicated, preserved? What's the future? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I sort of coined this expression, a people of peoples, as kind of the the end game, as it were, of the of the biblical story. Uh, one people made up of all peoples uh, who are living in such a way that they, in all of their cultural difference, are blessing each to the other. Uh, and so that that original Abrahamic vision, uh, the vision of the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12, one people made up of all peoples living in a relationship of a mutual blessing. That's what's ultimately fulfilled in the, you know, in the book of Revelation uh, with the formation of that one people. Uh, so this is this is what the kingdom of God, the the people over whom God, you know, in Christ reigns as King. Kingdom is not in the book of Revelation the same as empire. You know, if you think about the contrast between kingdom and empire, empire is a parody of the kingdom. Uh, and an empire like the Babylonian Empire, it claims to be a uh, you know a people of peoples, but it achieves that through oppression and violence and subjugation and enslavement, and all those things are are condemned uh, in in the Book of Revelation uh, as people, you know, as yeah. as as states or empires and tried to impose a kind of social hierarchy with one group at the top and yes. other groups suppressed within it. I love it. And I think that uh, your your book does such a great job in bringing out the beauty of what is so unique about the story of God. Again, the book is called Cultural Identity and the Purposes of God. Go to our website, order your copy, cookradio.org. Let's go to Tyler who's listening in Ohio. Hey, Tyler, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for your patience, my friend. What's your comment? Of course, yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part of the conversation. Um, So my comment is um, I just um, had the blessing of being a cross-cultural worker, and some of that time, um, just what the Lord has done, he's really used these cross-cultural experiences to just show me um, or just to illuminate who he's already revealed himself to be, to be the God of all nations, to be the creator of all nations. Mm -hmm. And even just through these relationships that that I've been able to develop, um, I've just seen a different, um, at times, submission or sacrifice that me 
as a white American has never experienced. These different um, expressions of, of worship and praise for God that I have never seen and, and um, just see a reverence and, and, and awe. Um, and so, you know, going into this initially uh, was daunting and scary, um, but to just embrace it and to just see how big God is and again, to just see more of who he's revealed himself to be um, has been an honor to be a part of. And he used um, yeah, these cultural experiences to just kind of yeah. draw me in to a different view of, of who he is. Yeah, that that's first off, so, so beautiful. And I love to let Steve respond. But so often we do find the most diverse settings that we are in uh, are related to our work. Uh, vocation is often a tool, a vehicle that's used to bring us into relationships with people that we probably would not have naturally been in relationships with based off of the uh, the selective and preferential segregation, the self-imposed segregation that often marks our communities. But as I'm listening to you, Tyler, I'm thinking of Revelation 7, and nine in in this uh, this future moment that that I think we're all moving towards, where we read these words. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Man, what a beautiful scene that that is. And it sounds like you're getting a taste of that right now. And I'm so glad that it's shaping your heart. Steve, before we go to break, any thoughts or reflections on Tyler's comment? Yeah, I think a lot of us, uh, you know, you leave your country and you expect to encounter difference uh, and, and cultural difference in, in particular. And that could be a, it's a very enriching thing to experience that. Uh, But I think when we're on our, you know, back in our own country, uh, we maybe don't value it as, uh, as much, but it's, it's all around us. Um, But what we would like our, in our own country is more of a, a, of a Babel type vision, you know, where everyone speaks the same and everyone has the same culture. And, uh, and so that, that mandate from God for, you know, to fill the earth with people, you know, that's fine for outside the borders, but what about inside? Uh, But going outside then equips us for the task that we, uh, that we have on a daily basis, you know, even in our, in our own uh, cultural context. Well, you know, Tyler, let's remember that Jesus could have commanded his disciples to do anything. He could have easily said, hey, stay home, stay in your own community, and just reach those who are like you, who come from the same background you come from, who are a part of the same cultural reality that you're a part of. But he didn't say that, did he? He said in Matthew 28, go into the nations and make disciples of all people. He knew what he was doing when he called his people to cross cultural barriers carrying the gospel. And I think that it becomes very clear that by doing that, he's in essence allowing 
the power of the gospel to be displayed may be most clearly in its ability to bring people together in one new humanity that otherwise would have been divided, otherwise would have been separate from one another. So I'll just simply say, through the breaking of bread with those who are different than us in communion, through the fellowshipping together, working, worshiping, walking together in Christ, we are demonstrating to a watching world that Jesus is Lord and the power of the gospel. So I appreciate Tyler's call. Tyler, we're going to give you a copy of Steve's book as well as a way of saying thank you for your call today and to the rest of our friends. I hope that you get your copy. Go to our website. Find out more at equipradio.org. Jesus connected our unity to the credibility of the gospel over and over again. So how do we maintain unity and live into the hope of a new humanity? We're going to talk about that with Dr. Steve Bryant right after this. Don't go anywhere. We live in a consumer culture, but today I want you to become something more than just a consumer. I want you to become an equipper. Together we can teach people to think critically and live compassionately in their neighborhood. Your monthly gift will keep this program here on this station, interacting with the real-life issues of day-to-day life faced by every believer. As an equipper, you'll receive exclusive resources every week prepared just for you. And you can also receive a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. Simply call 888-644-4144 or go online to equippedradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Time flies when you are having important conversations such as the case today with Dr. Steve Bryant, who's been gracious enough to join me to talk about his book on uh, ethnicity, nationality, and race. Uh, I would encourage you to not stop reading and thinking deeply and talking about these topics from a biblical perspective, because the moment we get silent is the moment that the voices of the lies of our enemy, our adversary, Um, the flesh, the world, the devil begin to get louder and louder and louder. I want to drown out those voices with the voice of truth. And that's why I wanted to have Dr. Brian on and why I wanted to encourage you to get a copy of his book. Find out more at equipradio.org. While you're there, please consider prayerfully and financially supporting the program. Dr. Brian, uh, with just a few moments left, let's talk about how we maintain unity. How do we do that in a world that constantly is driving us to disunity? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's it's a conversation inside every every country that I've ever been uh, been in. Um, that is to say, we have all these you know these cultural groups inside of the country. How can we be one country uh, and one nation and and one answer to that question is, is well, let's just get rid of all the cultural difference. Uh, and I think that's not a, an answer that's available to, to Christians. Um, the idea that every, every nation should just have one culture is known as nationalism. Um, uh, it was why you had, you know, all these nationalisms arising in Europe around the time of War, World War II. Uh, it was fueled by this belief that every state should 
should embrace only one culture. And so what do you do with those who don't belong to that culture? Well, they either have to get with the program or they have to get out. Um, and, and so I think that is, uh, that's fraught with danger and risk for, uh, for us as, as Christians. Uh, on the other hand, if you only ever emphasize, as is the case with some in our country, our cultural difference, and you never talk about what holds us together, uh, what, you know, how can we come together? What, what are the ties that bind? Uh, then something is lost there. And this is where I think the, the church can be a great model in any society uh, as we are this people of peoples and we model what it means to, to love one another across these lines of, of cultural, cultural difference. Uh, so that can be a very challenging, uh, a very challenging thing. But it's also a very, very important thing um, as we uh, as we try to model what it means to to uh, to reflect in the present what God's purpose is for the future. Yeah, you you have uh, I think nailed it, and I think that this is why it's such an important resource what you've given us, and and I would love to hear your hope. What is your hope for those who read the book? Well, I think the 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 best thing that a person could do with with this particular book is is to find some uh, some people maybe in your church or your neighborhood who are uh, who are from a different cultural group or a different racial group and and just take it chapter by chapter there's some questions uh, at the end uh, and you know when I was writing the book I had some students from the seminary uh, they were just sort of giving me Kind of first responses, helping me finish up the final, uh, the final draft, and uh, and a group came together, that, and I think everybody from the group was from a different cultural group, and they they just really valued the the chance to to talk about uh, what the issues that the book was was raising, and that you know re- really created a kind of you know a. a a learning, a, a way of thinking about the different cultural experiences of each one. Uh, more broadly, we have to be engaged with people who are different than, than we are. And That's we good. have to have those conversations that are, that are creating, uh, that are creating opportunities to understand. Um, and, and I think if it's around a book or if it's over, you know, over coffee or, you know, just a relationship, you know, relationship or a sequence of relationships that you're investing in, uh, make sure that cultural difference is part of those those relationships. Don't just gravitate to people who who seem and look and feel uh, like you. Well, I'm, I think every Ethiopian would be proud of you working coffee into your final statement. Uh, well done well done brother Uh, such a joy to meet you and to connect with you thank you Dr. Brian for carving out time to be with me today well uh, so so grateful to have Dr. Steve Brian as my guest the book again is entitled Cultural Identity and the Purposes of God as we wrap up this conversation let me encourage you get in church be with the people of God to lift up the name of God. Until we're together again next time, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. I have a question for you. What if all the biblical accounts of Jesus were destroyed? 
Could you prove his existence just from historical records? As a former atheist and cold case detective, Jay Warner Wallace has investigated the life of Christ based on the evidence from history alone. Find out these wonderful discoveries and so much more on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.